This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 10 says, However, knowing this, Jesus said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a good work for me. The cost of devotion is, in truth, always expensive. Real love is never cheap. Mary instinctively knew that time was short. If she was going to prove her love for Christ in this life, she was going to have to act and act now. Jesus says she had done a good work. A good work. Now, I find it very interesting that he chose such language to describe her actions. For it is no secret that many of us struggle, even today, with the concept of works when it comes to serving God. Yet Jesus, it seemed, had no such muddled thoughts on the issue. This woman gave her all to the point of a profound sacrifice on her part. She did not attempt to debate what was fair, what she could afford, or how much she could realistically give. She just poured it all out for him, all of what she had. The reasons for such a sacrifice are really quite simple. She loved him more than anything else. And further, she aimed to show him. Would he have loved her, even if she hadn't? Oh, yes. Scripture tells us that overwhelmingly. But you see, it didn't have anything to do with how he felt for her. It was actually all about how she felt for him. Verse 11. For you always have the poor with you, Jesus said, but you don't always have me. For in pouring this ointment upon my body, she did it to me to prepare me for burial. Most certainly I tell you, Wherever this good news is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of as a memorial of her. Now, Jesus was in no way criticizing the feeding and the care of the poor and the needy. But Mary's heart was pure in her motives and clear by her actions. You see, Mary understood something that few people today seem to grasp. She knew that time was an issue for Jesus and her. In this act, Mary anointed Jesus for his burial, and it just so happened that she would never get another chance. No, for his resurrection would prevent any post-crucifixion anointing. Jesus goes so far as to hold up this woman's act as a mark for us all, a new standard of human offering. Her courage and sacrifice would be remembered by the world. Her love would be remembered by Jesus. Verse 14 goes on, says, Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? So they weighed out for him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time, He sought opportunity to betray him. Now here we have an 
individual who lived with the Lord Jesus, traveled with him, saw his miracles, heard his teaching, and witnessed the miracle of his sinless life. One whom Jesus could call, quote, my familiar friend who ate my bread, end quote. Yet despite seeing it all, this person betrayed the one he no doubt claimed that he loved. What a strange contrast with the previous story of another who claimed love. Ultimately, we must realize that words are cheap, and it is our lives to the end that express the true reality of our heart and our commitment. Will we, as Paul the Apostle, finish well? Judas, who had it all, betrayed the greatest gift of his life for a mere 30 pieces of silver, the common price paid for a slave. It seems so senseless and so trite. Yet so many of us will sell out our Lord for even less. What is your price today? The frivolity of fame? The pleasures of a moment of flesh? Maybe success, maybe comfort. If you have a price, no doubt Satan will one day meet your request. Verse 17 says, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain person and tell him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Jesus began now the preparations for what we know of as his Last Supper. That, of course, is incorrect. He himself said in Mark's Gospel that he would not partake again until he would partake in the kingdom of God. You see, there is another supper coming. A grand feast, really. And his true children will be there to share it with him. We are never told the identity of this nameless man who hosted this historical dinner. No name, no brass plate over the door somewhere, no worldly credit. But what an honor. What a privilege. I wonder if you would be willing to trade worldly recognition and status for an opportunity to play such a significant role in the plan of Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says, The disciples did as Jesus commanded them, and they prepared the Passover. So without question, the disciples now followed through with what Jesus asked them to do. Verse 20. Now when evening had come, he was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Most certainly I tell you that one of you will betray me. Ah, now, that would be a shocking revelation to say the least. It certainly would have put a damper on the party. What's amazing about this is that Jesus knew all the time that Judas would betray him. Yet he showed the same love towards him as he did to the others who would ultimately die for him. Anyone who is a shepherd will know such rejection at some point in his ministry, but please note that even the great shepherd knew such pain. Verse 22. They were exceedingly sorrowful, and each began to ask him, It isn't me, is it, Lord? 
And he answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. Now Jesus at this point did not name the perpetrator, but simply by breaking bread with them all, he included him even then as a friend. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.